Some say history never repeats itself, but in the case of our next guest, it does. From beginning... (laughs) All right, here we go. Sorry. I came up with this this, this intro in in 10 minutes yesterday. One, two, one, (laughs) two, three, four. So, Donnie, the holidays are coming, and I need to start thinking about gifts. Just buy everything online. That's what all the crazy kids are doing these days. Yeah, but I don't know what to get. It's really hard to browse online. I just wish the perfect gift would just jump out at me. Well, Jason, then you need to get off the computer and pay a visit to To and From Gift Shop. They have all kinds of great stuff to check off everyone on your shopping list. Oh, yeah? What do they have? All kinds of great stuff, but it's not your typical gift shop. The owner, Sam Unrath, specializes in getting the products you don't see anywhere else. I heard something about a back room. What goes on in there? Well, Jason, that would be the cuss closet. Lots of fun, naughty stuff for the adults on your gift list. Well, that sounds great. Where is To and From Gift Shop? To and From Gift Shop is located in beautiful downtown Kenosha at 5535 6th Avenue, just two doors down from Vex Place. Be sure to like them on Facebook to see what's new. Are you looking for a place for a fantastic breakfast? A place that is rich in history and really makes you proud to be a Kenoshan? Then for your next breakfast or lunch, stop on in at the iconic Frank's Diner located in beautiful downtown Kenosha at 508 58th Street. If you don't know Frank's, you don't know Kenosha. They have been a downtown staple in our city since 1926. A visit to Frank's isn't just your typical going out to eat trip. It is a one-of-a-kind experience. It isn't just the sassy attitude and retro decor that makes Frank's special. You can't just do that and still be going strong 94 years later. They offer delicious food at affordable prices, including their world-famous garbage plate. Be sure to check out their daily specials before you order. You might find something spectacular. Getting hungry yet? They open at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays for dine-in or carry-out. And stop in or give them a call for pickup. Order soon. Tell them K-Town Connect sent you. Some say history never repeats itself, but in the case of our next guest, it does. From beginning as an intern at the Kenosha History Center in 2009 and then graduating from Carthage with a bachelor degree in history, he entered the world of mortgages, but it wasn't meant to be. Four short years later, he was back working for the History Center, and within a few years, he was appointed the executive director of the History Center. Kenosha connects with Chris Allen. It sounds like you covered the whole like first 20 minutes of the show. We're done here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Well, hello, Jason. How are you today? I'm ready for some history. Yeah. Is you ready for a history lesson? I think so. This is uh, going to be your expertise with our guests. You both have uh, degrees in history. 
That's true. And I just had one in radio broadcasting, which got me nowhere. Well, it got me here. Got you here, you know, man. I guess got that you counts, here. right? Well, don't forget, everybody, uh, follow K-Town Connects on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out our website at ktownconnects.com. And, you know, since you're listening to the podcast now, you know, hit that subscribe button and give us a review. That review, helps out a lot. Review, share, all that stuff. Yeah, you just do it all. We need all the press we can get. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell your great-grandma. I have to download it on their phone for them. Right, which is, seems to be pretty hard for some people. That Lenny Palmer podcast was a real uh, hoot explaining to some of his older listeners how to listen to the podcast. Uh, also, shoot us an email at ktownconnects at yahoo.com. Indeed. Do we have to thank our sponsors? Well, we're going to get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. We are uh, recording at Luigi's Pizza Kitchen located at 7531 39th Avenue, Order those pizza pies Tuesday through Sunday. Give them a call at 262-694-6565 or check out their menu or order online at luigispizzakitchen.com. You want to slap some of these other sponsors out there for us? Uh, what do we have? We have Frank's Diner. Oh, yeah, good old Frank's they Diner. Got us, uh, yeah, they, they got great breakfast over there, breakfast and lunch. Uh, the newly expanded Lulu Birds in downtown Kenosha. Oh, yeah, they took over the old public space. Mm-hmm. Great big spot there. Uh, to and from gift shop. Great place to go shopping. Oh, I love that place. Sam Find is such gifts a great for everybody on your shopping oh, list yeah. this year. And then we don't want to forget our good friends at Lucci's Grandview. Ah, good place for a drink. Yeah, go get yourself a nice beer and maybe a bowl of chili. So this can make your whole day. You know, you go mm-hmm. to Frank's Diner, mm-hmm. then you go over to Wink and get your your eyebrows waxed. Then you go down and do some shopping downtown Kenosha. Stop at to and from gift shop. Then you go have a beer at Lucci's. Yeah, I like that. Like, I did like I hit that. them all? Yeah, I think all right. so. <laughs> I think so. Well, we're here with Chris Allen, the director of the Kenosha History Center. Welcome, Chris. Hey. Thanks for having me, Donnie hey. and Jason. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. So we're going to dig a little deep. Let's get to know Chris Allen. So you weren't born in Kenosha, were you? I was not, no. I was born in um, New Jersey, actually. So New- born and raised in New Jersey. Came Ooh. out to Wisconsin when I was 18 years old. And Ooh, what was that, like 18? You get the whole world's ahead of you, you yeah. come to Wisconsin? Yeah, you know what? Um, I played high school volleyball. I was recruited to Ooh. play volleyball at Carthage. Oh. Um, so came out here for a couple of visits, middle of winter, and I still decided to come here. <laughs> so um, there's just something about Kenosha, something about Carthage that, that drew me in. And then here I am, you know, 15 years later. So what did you go to Carthage for? Uh, I went there for history. Uh, I went there to party and, and <laughs> <laughs> tell us more and, uh, about these parties. Yeah, party and play volleyball. But I ended up with a history degree, and uh, you know, met a lot of good people along the way. Eventually, started interning at the Kenosha History mm. Center. How so, did you get that gig? Um, really, just looking for internships between my sophomore and junior year. I knew I had to start kind of developing some skills outside of my beer drinking. Yeah, and. Uh, Kind of fell in love with the local history. I was studying history at the time. Didn't realize how much history Kenosha had. Um, being a big, you know, former industrial town, still kind of transitioning at that point. So I went down to the history center, applied, uh, had a couple interviews, and then started researching lost industries and really kind of delved into all Kenosha history. Let's go back to these yeah. college years here. <laughs> so you're new into town, you know, I'm going to college, I'm drinking some beers. Where were some of the hot spots you would go to? Well, 
Carthage in 2006 looked a lot different than Carthage today. Um, so I, I was living in South Dormitory, which I think they call Madrigrano now. They dressed it up a bit. Um, but, you know, we'd, we'd go to different parties and there's the, the Summer's House right across the street. Um, oh, yeah. Celebrated my 21st birthday there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the bars are still around today. So hmm, good. did some research. I like that Parkview bar that was around on the old Sheridan Road. That was, yeah. that was a great place. It's that one, I don't know if that was around when, when I was going to Carthage. It, okay. it might have been there for In a couple between, of months. It yeah. was closed for a little while there, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. What really attracted you when you got to Kenosha? You said the history and all that, but when did you start digging real deep into the history? Well, did you come to Carthage looking? Did you initially going for a uh, history degree? I did. Yeah, I went to Car. I was going to double major in uh, secondary education and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided about halfway through that I wasn't necessarily real interested in the teaching part. I wanted to get involved with more museums mm-hmm. and. Um, at that point, I thought I was going to go into curation. So, you know, really, you know, working with the collections, um, figuring out how we display, you know, and, and do different exhibits. And of course, my career took a, a different path <laughs> and I ended up as an administrator. Once I hit my sophomore year, I decided I didn't really want to do the teaching aspect. I really wanted to more focus on public history and, um, you know, running a museum or, or collecting a museum. Oh, cool. Before that all happened, how did you get a job doing mortgages? You were a loan officer? Yeah, so I graduated Carthage in 2010. So, you know, there was a recession going on at that point. Mm. Not a lot of history jobs hiring, kind of similar to right now. Mm. And uh, I needed to pay the bills. So um, I... I talked to, to different people. I had a friend that was working at Chicago Mortgage Solutions down in Libertyville. Uh, I got hooked up with him. He, he arranged an interview. I interviewed, got the job, and was working as a treasury analyst, sending about $15 million of loans each day. Wow. Um, so handling large. I wish I would have known you back then. Yeah. Chris, come on, give, give me yeah, a nice Handling large amounts of money, wiring it to different um, wow. title companies, and not what I went to school for Western at all. Union? Uh, no, not no, quite. Okay. <laughs> and no real room for error there either. And, and not, no, no room for error at all. It was one of those jobs right out of college that, that again, paid bills. Um, I was working with a, a good group of people, uh, got some, you know, real world experience that way. You know, I, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do long term. And you hated it, huh? I didn't hate it. It just wasn't my passion. You know, when you, right. you go to work each day, you want to be do something that is fulfilling, um, sending out money to different banks wasn't necessarily my idea of fulfilling. I was, I continued to stay involved with local history though. I, I volunteered at the history center during that time. Yeah. Um, and then an opportunity arose as a marketing coordinator and I, I gave it a shot. Around that same time when I was working for the mortgage company, I was coaching high school volleyball too. I started at Horlick High School and I was coaching JV girls. Uh, a year after that, I took the job at Tremper High School here in Kenosha, and I started coaching boys volleyball. Um, so there's always kind of a juggling effort to juggle a, a, a job down in Libertyville and uh, a job that demanded me be here after school. So I felt <laughs> a job back in Kenosha was a, a good fit for me. So let's talk about this volleyball. When did you fall in love with volleyball? Because you've been involved with volleyball your whole life. Pretty much, yeah. So I was really a big basketball player growing up, yeah. uh, as a lot of kids are. You know, I, I think I started basketball when I was you know, five or six years old. Then I got into high school and still hadn't played volleyball, but 
Um, volleyball in, in New Jersey was played in the spring, so I played uh, basketball in the winter. Mm. I wanted something right. to keep me in shape in the spring. Yeah. Um, so I was going to try out for either volleyball or lacrosse. Lacrosse was really big in New Jersey. Volleyball tryouts were a week before lacrosse. I tried out for that, and I, I made the team. And that was lacrosse the one with the horse and the stick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Donnie, you didn't know, did no, you? I, not, I, I not did with not. the horse and the stick. No? I'm joking. Oh, okay. That's, that's polo, right? That's polo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's with a stick, and oh, the uh, long stick with the net. Long stick with a net. Gotcha. Exactly. Ah, okay. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Cool. So, so then you were you just you were coaching Tremper. You coached for how many years? So I coached at Tremper for nine years. I just wow. actually hung it up uh, this year. Hey, so. You got you got to retire sometime, right? <laughs> yeah. So we had a, we had a um, lot of good teams at Tremper. Um, how many championships? That's what it comes down. We to. We won two conference championships. Right. We had a couple of sectional final appearances. Um, one of the years we went 38 and four, wow. ranked top five in the state. So wow. we, we had a nice run. Are you Hall of um, Fame worthy? <laughs> no, I'm not. No? <laughs> Volleyball is a way for me as a coach to to kind of connect with you know the student athletes at Trumper and uh, give back a little bit because I had a lot of good coaches along the way as well. When you were playing basketball, were you a power forward, center? I was probably a forward, not so much power forward. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, points per game? I don't know, no? Danny. No, okay. I'd have to go back in the, <laughs> the annals and check the, the record like books. School. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I would assume you'd be a superstar. No, I was a better volleyball player than basketball. Okay, all right, so. all right. New Jersey Nets fan back in the day then? Yeah, before they moved to Brooklyn. Hmm. Yeah, I was talking to my wife actually the other day. She goes, we, we have to transition you to be a Packers fan. That's the only thing that's hmm. left. Yes. Because when I moved here, I did become a Bucks fan. That was right around the same time New Jersey Nets had moved to Brooklyn. Oh. So I don't need to be a yeah, Brooklyn Nets fan. you can wash your hands yeah. then out there, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Done, it was done. easy. Yeah. So you're not on the Packer bandwagon yet? I'm not. No, I'm, I'm still, unfortunately. Cleveland, I, Cleveland Browns fan, if I remember correctly? Pretty close. New Jersey Giants. Oh, boy. New York Giants. They're doing pretty <laughs> good this year. Play in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, they're terrible. Okay. Well, there's always room on the Packer bandwagon for you. So come on, join us. I'll, I'll cheer for Devontae Adams. I have him on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Well, let's dig deep into the Kenosha History Center. So you guys are closed right now. We are closed right now, yes. If you don't know, it's located at oh. 220-51st place, which don't take the address because you'll just get lost. Just go to Simmons Island, take 50th Street down to Simmons Island, stay to the right, and swing around, and you'll see it right there on your left down there. If you hit the lighthouse, you went too far. Yeah, we're so, kind of right by the, the yacht club. It used to be the water utility plant, is it? Yes, correct. The old one? Mm-hmm. Oh, so when was that building built? Um, 1916, opened in 1917. Wow, so okay. Over 100 years old. Ooh. It's you know, it's history inside history is my tagline. Yeah, you know? that's a great like spot that. for it. Uh, where was that when I was doing the intro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the Kenosha History Center, we're part of the Kenosha County Historical Society. The Historical Society was founded in 1878. So it's one of the older That's historical... early for history. <laughs> very much, yeah. It, it's one of the oldest historical societies in the state. Okay. Um, Kenosha was settled by um, settlers from upstate New York in 1835. So to think just... You know, 40 some odd years later that a group of forward thinking citizens decided, hey, we need to start saving Doc, our history. Stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. They, they were ahead of their time. 
early iterations of the historical society, they started out just kind of collecting in their houses and the people that were involved held little collections. Uh, eventually, one of the members of the historical society was also the janitor and custodian of the county in the county courthouse. And he talked um, the county into giving the historical study a little space in the basement. Um, so that was the first first physical location was actually the basement of the county courthouse. They outgrew that space before they even moved in, of course. And by the 1960s, the historical site was looking for more space. Yeah. And they moved over to Third Avenue inside the Yule Mansion and eventually built a little... Um, expansion on the Yule Mansion to the, on the north side, and that was the you know Kenosha County Historical Society and Museum. A lot of people remember it. Okay. It's on the west side of the street on 3rd Avenue. It's now a private residence. Oh. Um, and then in, in really the late 1990s, um, again, another shift began to happen, and, and uh, the Historical Society was looking for a bigger space again. Um, the mansion was great for telling Victorian era stories. It's a Victorian mansion. It's perfect for something like that. Yeah. It's not so perfect for telling industrial history of Kenosha <laughs> and, and really not just industrial history, but all, all history of Kenosha. So at that point, the water, old water utility building became available on Simmons Island and um, the, the historical study began the move over there and eventually opened up the Kenosha History Center on Simmons Island in 2001. So we've been there about 20 years now. Wow. And it's, it's really convenient for the historical site because it created this museum campus for us. Um, we have the lighthouse, the Southport Lighthouse right yeah. next door, which we also operate. Um, that's seasonally May through October. And then we have the Kenosha History Center, which is open year round. So we have this nice, you know, two museum campus and, you know, attract a lot of visitors. It's a great thing to do, especially in the summertime, you go down to the tour up go up the lighthouse you can walk up there and take a look out there i got some great pictures from up there and it seems a lot higher when you get up there then it sure <laughs> does yeah when you look at it, it's like oh it's not that tall and you get up there you're like whoa i'm up here it's like well, all right yeah so and, that's um 55 feet high ooh. from the base of the tower to the base of the lantern right. room um puts you about 75 feet above the lake level see i would be too scared to go up there i would throw up no, you'd, you'd be okay. Yeah, it's where you got to climb through that little door, though, a little hatch. Yeah. You have to kind of climb up. I'm yeah. going to gonna try. I'm going to try it eventually. Yeah, 72 but... steps on the staircase. It's a spiraling staircase. Oof. I think the trick is not to look down through the staircase because it's <laughs> yeah, actually right. an open grate. <laughs> oh. uh, you can see pretty much all the way down. So um, if people like yourself down here are a little bit scared to go back down, um, I encourage looking at the wall and, and grabbing onto the railing. <laughs> would the you railing. come up there and I can jump on your back piggyback style and can uh, bring me down? I don't, I don't think that would be too <laughs> Safe. Our insurance company might have something to say about that. But no, it really is. It's a beautiful view from the top. Just a great historical landmark to have in Kenosha. Yeah. The tower was built 1866. Uh, the house was built one year later, 1867. Had an addition put on in 1908. Um, but, but it's nice to have that historic site so close to our historical museum. Um, Let me ask you something, Chris. Yeah. Are lighthouses pretty much obsolete now? Are they just kind of like landmarks, something pretty to look at? Yes and no. <laughs> um, it's it's a little more complicated. I, I'd say for the most part, yes, yeah. because of advanced technology. Yeah, GPS, everyone knows where they're at. Mm. Um, most people don't use lighthouses. Mm. Um, but in that odd 
chance that your GPS fails, yeah. your navigation goes down on your ship out in Lake Michigan. <laughs> um, every now and then people still use the lighthouses on Lake Michigan and, and all over the world. Um, so they're, they're kind of backup plans at this point, yeah. um, but still come in handy. So they're not building new lighthouses, but they are still maintaining the lighthouses that are out there. Well, it keeps them from hitting the pier and stuff right. too. You better know? be safe than sorry, right? <laughs> yeah, and the Southport Lighthouse, um, the one that's on the hill, the Cream yeah. City Brick one, that is just ornamental at this point. Yeah. So that's, that's not navigational. Um, really, that hasn't been navigational since they built the, the red Purehead Lighthouse, um, which wasn't always red. Um, but it was that one, green, right? That one was white. Oh, was it white? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, white yeah. Or steel. Okay. But yeah, so they built that. They decommissioned the Southport Lighthouse. They when was that? Uh, they built the Red Purehead in 1906 and oh, wow. decommissioned the Southport one same year. By 1913, they actually removed the uh, lantern room on the Southport Lighthouse, put a steel mast, and they used that yeah. for the U.S. Weather Station. Oh, cool, cool. So, Chris, the History Center is nonprofit. We are. Tell our listeners a little bit how that works. Yeah, so we um, we're a nonprofit organization. We're we're private nonprofit. Like I said, we were founded in 1878. We are governed by a board of directors. So there's a board of directors that basically hires an executive director, and um, the director works with the staff and our volunteer force and really develop our mission, develop our vision, figuring out you know how we're going to interact with the community and, and how we're going to save and um, disseminate history. Hmm. Is there any way people can donate to the Kenosha History Center? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we are open, we have a donation box just inside our door, and we encourage donations when people come in. Right now, because of the pandemic situation, we have not been open as a physical location. Uh, we are putting a lot of content online and in other places. I love your Facebook posts. You guys are yeah, posting all kinds of great yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, our, our staff member that handles a lot of those, John Martins, he's our collections and exhibition specialist. He's he's awesome at that. Yeah. He, he loves researching. He's really fallen in love with Kenosha history, as, as I have myself. And, um, you know, I, I think during this time, it's allowed us to get into some of those stories that haven't been talked about. Yeah. Um, they haven't really been uncovered. We're kind of dusting off some of the books in our archives that we haven't accessed a lot. And um, John has done a great job of bringing some of those stories to the forefront. So uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. But people can make donations on our Facebook page. They can make donations through our website. Um, they can call. They can send checks. Really, we take it's money KenoshaHistoryCenter.org. Anyway Correct. Correct. What if someone has something, you know, they have something old that's been in the closet forever and they're afraid that it's just going to get thrown away someday and they want it? Can they bring it down and donate it to you? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we get that question once or twice a week, honestly. Okay. We are actively collecting, so that is our job. Our mission is to preserve Kenosha history and, and teach current and future generations about that history. We do that through collecting these artifacts. Uh, artifacts that allow us to tell stories about different things. And, and really, I tell people history is all around us. Um, so we collect any any artifacts that help us tell a Kenosha history story you know, that we're able to fit. Uh, I will yeah. put that caveat <laughs> on. Um, there's some items that you know we may have duplicates of and, and we may not collect a, a third or fourth item. Yeah. Um, there's some items that are just way too big for us to get into our museum and our facility. I so. brought you guys a uh, old Kenosha news bag. It wasn't that old. It was probably from the 90s, but I thought 
it's in pretty good shape and see the print and everything on it. And I was like, well, it's not going to do any good sitting here. You can sit at the history center for 50 years and then be put on an exhibit somewhere. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> and you know, and that's one of the tricky things about working in history. You have to kind of think ahead a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, put myself in my shoes or someone that's in my position shoes 50 years from now, what is going to be interesting? What's going to be important? I think yeah. Kenosha news, you know, newspapers are changing right now. Yeah. We know that mm -hmm. um, the way people get news are changing. People are turning on podcasts. And there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, but no, really, you know, when Kenosha news moved out of downtown last year, they had the garage sale. They had a lot of items. I saw you there. Um, yeah. And, you know, and we went to Kenosha news before they had the garage sale. We worked with um, their administration there and, and they, they donated a lot of items from the news. And one of the items that we took in was actually a newspaper vending machine. I said, oh, well, wow. even today, you know, people yeah. really don't use right. vending machines too much, um, yeah. newspaper vending machines. This would be perfect in an exhibit 50 years from now. Right. Yeah. And it's stuff like that. And, and like you said, Jason, with the, the newspaper bag. You know, how often? Well, we don't see a kid on his bicycle <laughs> right. delivering the newspaper. That's exactly anymore. what it was. Yeah, when the ones uh, go over your shoulder. Exactly. Um, you know, it's just things change, and um, we want to preserve those moments in history, but also those memories. I think the memories are a big part of it. So then, are you uh, collecting a lot of stuff that happened with the riots, and all that stuff? You're gathering a bunch of stuff to tell that story in 50, 100 we, years. We are. Um, 2020 has been an interesting year. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, it's also been a historical year. Um, I don't think anybody you know, sitting here in October or, or November um, would think you know, when this whole pandemic situation started in March that, that we'd be in the world that we're in right now. <laughs> um, obviously, the events that have unfolded in Kenosha throughout the summer with the civil unrest and protests, um, there, it's, it's all, it all changes you know, Kenosha and, and how Kenoshans see our town. And um, we are collecting a lot of that history. We've put out calls to different media uh, groups that were here, collecting photographs, videos. There's a lot of the independent streamers that we've reached down to um, that have collected just raw video about you know what unfolded. Yeah. And um, you know that's it's just so important to collect in the moment because you know in today's world things things move along very quickly. Yeah. And if we don't collect that now, we're worried that it may may not be there in a few years. Are you collecting painted boards? We are, yeah. Um, so when that whole effort started with downtown Kenosha and a lot of the artists, um, we reached out to Alexandria Bonatti, who's the director of downtown. And we said, how can we help? You know, How yeah. can we preserve this moment in Kenosha's history? Um, so there's a cataloging effort to catalog the art. Um, We'll collect a few of the physical boards, but a lot of it's going to be do, done through images and videos um, just yeah. to save space, honestly. Um, but we'll be involved with that. Um, we're actually writing a grant right now to start an oral history project in Kenosha as well um, to kind of look at 2020 as a whole with everything that's unfolded um, and get people's thoughts. You know, what do they think about this year? What changed in their lives? Are they happy? Are they sad? Or, you know. Yeah. What what is it like to be a Kenoshan right now? <laughs> and again, I think, you know, 100, 200 years from now, people are going to be interested in what happened in 2020. Um, what was it like I'm to live? I'm still interested. <laughs> I know. What, what was it like to live through a pandemic? What was it like um, when when the civil unrest and the protests were going on? And, um, you know, that, that's a big part of history. Yeah, we're so, living through it. We right sure now. are. That's why we're glad to have you taking all this down so my son 
can know all about it. Well, you know, it's it's really a community effort and a collaborative effort. Yeah. Um, that's that's really what I go back to with most of our projects, or really all of our projects. Um, we are here for the citizens of Kenosha. We're not here to do our own thing, to tell our own story. We're here to tell the city of Kenosha's story, the people of Kenosha's story, uh, and we'd really be doing a disservice if we weren't collecting this history. Right. I got a question for you, Chris. The Kenosha History Center. I always thought it should be the Kenosha History Museum. What's uh, what's the difference? Um, you know, nomenclature. <laughs> um, we, I, I go back to, we are the Kenosha County Historical Society. When we were on 3rd Avenue, we were the Historical Society and Museum. Uh, when we were making the move, and I wasn't involved in the organization at that time, but when we were making the move from 3rd Avenue over to Simmons Island, um, the board of directors at that point decided to change our name to the Kenosha History Center. Okay. So I know there's there's somewhat of confusion. I've talked to a lot of people about it, and they said, well, what are you guys? Are you the Historical Site? Are you the History Center? Are you the Southport yeah. Lighthouse? Yes. And, and the, <laughs> exactly. And, and yes is the right answer. Um, the way I, I kind of break it down for people, we are the Kenosha County Historical Society. We operate two museums. One of them is called the Kenosha History Center. One of them is called the Southport Lighthouse Museum. There you go. Really, at the end of the day, the History Center is a museum. We are Kenosha's historical museum. Well, and it's not really in the same grouping with, like, the Civil War Museum and Kenosha Public Museum. It's something that's different. It's a different kind of entity, right? It is. It's it more is. like a cousin than, like, a sibling. Yeah, I, I would say that's a good... it seems like the three big ones are the Dino, the Civil War, and the regular one. And then you guys are kind of like a different kind of one we are and it's just because of organizational makeup so yeah. the dinosaur discovery museum the kenosha public museum civil war museum those are all under the city yeah um and the city you know they, they pay for those museums they built the museums they maintain the museums it goes back to we are a private nonprofit. Yep. so okay. we are you know the kenosha historical society we work with the city we work with the county but we still maintain our private nonprofit status yeah, and you depend highly on donations and other things. And people can help out with the Memorial Brick Program. Uh, are you guys still doing that? Yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. So the Memorial Brick Program, um, we also do the Light the Lay Program. So we have Memorial Bricks at the Lighthouse. Um, people can buy them in honor of someone or in celebration of somebody. Uh, can they put their business on there? What's that? Can they put their business name on there? They can, yeah. Oh, right. K-Town Connect? K-Town <laughs> Connect. I think that might be the next brick we install. <laughs> um, but, and then we, we have a Light the Light Program, too. So people can light our Lighthouse in honor of someone or in honor of a podcast mm. um, and, <laughs> yeah. and and the light will shine that night from uh, dusk till dawn. And um, it's, it's really been a well-received program. Uh, a lot of people do that for birthdays, for you know Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, in honor of, of someone. So okay. it's, it's a, a good way to give back to the community, but also shine a light on, on someone special in I'm kind of thinking we should get one of these bricks <laughs> for K-Town Connect. So I'm really, uh, really thinking about this idea here. <laughs> so are there separate Facebook pages for these, or are they all kind of under one umbrella? Um, we have two separate Facebook pages. We have the Kenosha History Center. We also have the Southport Light Station uh, Museum page. Okay. Um, Kenosha History Center is really our, our big page. We post more to the Kenosha History Center. When we have um, specific maritime stories, sometimes we move that over to the Southport page, uh, Southport Lighthouse page, but um, Kenosha History Center really is our main page. So back to the whole chaos and unrest and everything. I think 2020 might be like the biggest year for Kenosha ever, I would think. Can you think of any other like big times we've had? I mean, how were we during the Spanish flu in 1918? 
Yeah, starters. so so it's hard, you know, it's hard to look back in history and say, well, this one is more important, this one's yeah. this, this one's that. They all they all have their own story, right? Um, so I, I really I hesitate to rank, you know, what what's important in Oh, and then when we just lived yeah. through this, so we're gonna say, oh, this one's the worst Exa- one, you know. Exactly. Um, nineteen eighteen Spanish influenza that hit Kenosha hard. It really did. If you go through um, some of the cemeteries here in town, you're gonna see a lot of nineteen eighteen headstones, unfortunately. Okay. And that one again, the pandemic came. There was a couple different waves of it. I think, you know, it coincided with World War One. The soldiers returned mm-hmm. in the fall. People hit the streets with parades, and there was, you know, another outbreak. Again, pandemics, they affect communities like Kenosha's. Yeah. You don't know how many people, how many Kenoshans died. Uh, offhand, I don't know. I, I think we did a p- Facebook post about that a little while back. I, I don't yeah. recall the exact numbers. Yeah. But again, it, it definitely affected Kenosha, and... Yeah, I, I don't know the exact numbers on that one. But some other big years in Kenosha history, yeah. you know, 1835 when the settlers arrived. I think obviously that one's a, a big one. When um, was the, where was the first settlement? Or the settlement, white man settlement, I guess I'd say. Yeah, I, yeah, really. <laughs> um, so Pike Creek area, mm-hmm. so mouth of the harbor. Um, which is now underground. We can't see the mouth of the harbor, the Pike Creek anymore. Um, and then on to Simmons Island, actually, which was Washington Island. So okay. there's a couple different settlements that became one after a few years. So the, the Pike River came like kind of down 51st, is it? it so Pike Creek, Pike River, two, oh, yeah, two yeah, different. Yeah, and I and I do the same okay. thing. Um, Pike River is going to be a little bit further north near Carthage. It's a smaller one, right? And yeah, I believe that's a smaller <laughs> one. Pike Creek is the one that runs south of the Washington Velodrome and then goes into a pipe in inside those woods there and runs underground um, kind of near where Lou Perini's is. And would go out into the harbor where some of those rocks right behind Common Grounds oh, is. Okay. Um, and now that's that's all underground, of course. Um, but the Allen Tannery was right along there. Um, yeah, that very, whole area was a huge industrial park. Huge industrial park, and, and a lot of. Um, Wasn't it like over a dozen buildings were in there? I think including one like five-story huge building. Yeah, I think you're right. And <laughs> and um, Simmons was on the south side of the harbor, kind of where well where American Motors ended up. Um, but you know, huge industrial area eventually. Um, but unfortunately, it was it was a little bit of pollutant too. Um, and some of those pollutants went into the Pike Creek. I, I've heard people tell stories by the early 1960s. It didn't smell very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and eventually the city decided to just bury it. And uh, When did they do that? I think it was early 1960s. It, it wow. took a little time to do it. It's between late 1950s and early 60s. We've compared photographs. Huh. Uh, it's hard to get a hard date on that sometimes, but um, they did a, a big portion of that land first, and then there's a little bit of water still to the west of the 6th Avenue Bridge, and eventually all that was gone as well. Okay. Well. So, it, again, it's a, kind of amazing to study the old maps um, to see even how the physical makeup of the land has changed over time, the, the topography. Um, yeah, and another example of that, we get the question at the lighthouse all the time. They said, well, when did they move the Southport Lighthouse? It used to be next to the water. So, <laughs> <laughs> said, well, we, we didn't move the lighthouse. Yeah. Um, you know, the silt deposits and, and then man-made um, landfill contributed to the Southport Lighthouse being up on the hill and 
quite far from Lake Michigan at this point. So it was up near the water then, huh? Yeah, it was. Um, so if, if you think about the Southport Lighthouse, we're up on the hill. You walk to the back of the property, there's actually a fence there that separates mm -hmm. the lighthouse property from water utility property. There's a hill. There's a. It used to be a big bluff. Um, that's where Lake Michigan oh. washed up to. Oh, wow. Okay. So it used to come in. Picture that, yeah. Yeah, a lot further huh. than what it does now. And there were quite a few homes live on Simmons Island at the time. Too. There were, yeah, there were. Uh, eventually, Zalman Simmons, the person that created Simmons Mattress Company and Simmons Cheese Box Company before that, um, he bought up most of the land on Simmons Island or at wa Washington Island at that point and donated the land to the city. And in 1916, the city renamed Washington Island Simmons Island, and that's what we know it as today. Hmm. So all this stuff going on in downtown Kenosha, the new public brewery, the, you know, the Alfred the Bardens building. Um, I mean, you got to be happy to see see that grow into something. Uh, there's a lot of history with those buildings. It's fantastic. It really is. Um, Kenosha does a really good job of converting older buildings into new uses. Yeah. Another rule of mine, I serve on the city's um, Historic Preservation Commission, and they're involved with that as well. And again, there's there's a lot of these buildings. You know, Stella was one of them mm -hmm. as well, yeah. with the old Elks Club. Um, yeah, I that, never thought I would ever see what it is today. Yeah. Well, the the wrecking ball was swinging. Yeah. And um, luckily, you know, Gorman Gorman came in. I believe they're the the developers, and a lot of community members came together. And Chris Moore would fight for that for for many many years before her passing. She would be so happy to see what it's now. Well, it and what a treasure! What a treasure! Yeah. Um, you look at again the Stella. You look at the old the bar building which is now public craft brewery yeah. and they've got the event space on the second floor there's just so many of those success stories and instead of tearing down and, and building new and with less character and, and frankly less stories to go go right. with it uh, I think what's happened recently in Kenosha and, and really going back a fair number of years kudos to the developers kudos to the businesses kudos to the city of Kenosha for saving those buildings because once they're gone they're gone and uh, we're, we're able to save history that way uh, they're working with the state and the um, historic preservation office at the state and the local level and uh, really just a phenomenal job to save those buildings yeah and then the first national bank building as well is now uh, the vault it's a, a venue and that's come a long way that's a beautiful building you know it's i a saw a few history. pictures i haven't been inside there but i've seen some pictures on facebook it's very impressive it still has that nice old school look to it but very very nice i spent a lot of time in that bank when i was a kid going there with my grandpa like all the time he has oh, a countdown there. Stealing his money? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a cool building, though. I hope we're not going to get oversaturated with all these, you know, venues like this. You know, I mean, right now it's quite... troublesome for obvious reasons. But you know, even if everything's going good, it's still there's a lot of options down there now. Yeah, there's almost too many. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of. Um venues downtown the parking structure going up are you guys documenting that that's like a, a crazy thing that's happening. We, we've taken some pictures it's that's impressive too yeah, um that's in, a, in kind of a different way i was caught behind one of the trucks bringing in a few pieces the other day and i was kind of looking at it and it's like linking logs i mean they bring <laughs> it in they snap it into place and I think what's really impressive is how fast it's going up. and Yeah, they paused for a little bit. It took bit. forever to get going, and, and now once it started going, it's going right up. Soon yeah. there'll be three more. Well, and I think it complements the other buildings in that area. Oh, yes. It provides you know, yeah. some ample parking, obviously. It's what that area needs, and I'm glad it's, it's happening rather quickly. Now, what do you think about the old Chrysler site? I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> what do you mean, Donnie? Well, I mean, the, 
Do you see it becoming developed? Uh, I think that's a better question for the mayor and the leadership in town. Since I've moved to Kenosha, I I moved here in 2006 and I started at Carthage. Mm -hmm. Um, The the factory was still going, obviously. Um, It had not closed down yet. I remember kind of driving by there when I was a student in town. It was a lot smaller though, right? It was a lot smaller. Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, at the tail end of yeah. production. And then 2000, between 2010 and 2014, that's when pretty much all the buildings started to come down. And you guys documented um, all that as well. We, right? we did. We took a lot of photographs. Um, right now, there, there's there's work being done to remediate it. You know, there's a DNR site that I've, I've I've looked at a few times just to see the the square footage or the the acreage. Yeah. It's it's a huge site in the middle of our city. We have a lot of these industrial spaces across Kenosha. You look at you know the Dream Playground that used to be in industry. Yeah. Um, you look at the the brass site, which you know where happenings. You know they're in the the office building there, but across mm. the way where all the build where all the factory buildings were. Yeah, there's nothing there though. I know. I know. There's Chef's Bistro, which yeah. is great food. And, and, and like I said, is. I think it's a better better question for the leadership. I I, I hope something does go there and it, it helps serve the community and you know helps with the neighborhoods as well. Yeah. What does downtown need right now? Like as far as like a business or something or something new? I think it's a, it's a tough question. I mean, downtown, we need what we had in, in March. We had a lot of momentum going, yeah. it seemed like. I agree. You know, and, and I think this year's thrown a lot of curveballs at businesses, at, at nonprofits. And, you know, I, I think we need the support of our community. And I think we have that. I think we need to get the momentum that we had going again. And I think we need a positive attitude to do that. So I, I think we have what we need. We just need conditions to get there. Again. I agree. You know what I'm going to do too, Chris? Once you finally reopen the Kenosha History Center, I'm going to get a wacky, waveable, inflatable arm guy and put it right by the boathouse and come on down to the Kenosha History Center. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hold you to that. Perfect. It's going to be sponsored by K-Town Connects. All right. Before we go to break, I have a question. You're wearing an American Motors t-shirt. It's from like the homecoming, I guess, event. A couple of years ago, my cousin wanted an AMC t-shirt, and I was looking everywhere. Look no further, Jason. <laughs> yeah. They are in our gift shop. Um, you were one place I went at the time. You didn't have them then. but Yeah, we, we will always have American Motors t-shirts in right. our gift shop as long as I'm there. I promise awesome. you that. Awesome. Yeah, we and actually, great opportunity to announce that we are partnering with the lettering machine. We're going to have a Kenosha History Center online store okay. launching oh, soon. Nice. Well, congratulations. That great, that's great because they have a lot of businesses that have stores through their website. Oh, that's where you can get that so, shirt, Jason. Hey. And then when the History Center is is open again you can come on into the gift shop and get it there we have a lot of different american motors nash and um you know just just local business some cool books too oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. postcards postcards we got it all there we, we do now going back to this t-shirt real quick would i be able to get one with your face on it uh, I don't think so. Oh, dang it. Not yet. Well, Those are on hold right I'm now. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> we're going to start a petition for it. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more with Chris Allen. This episode is brought to you by Lulu Birds, a home furnishing and gift shop located in downtown Kenosha at 720 58th Street. From carefully selected vintage items to refurbished furniture to locally produced crafts, Lulubirds has you covered on specialty gifts for yourself and your loved ones. They blend the old with the new to bring out your distinctive personality. With the holidays fast approaching, be sure to make Lulubirds an essential visit on your shopping trip. They recently expanded and now have even more unique items. 
Stop in Wednesdays through Sundays to find that unique item you need in your life. Be sure to like them on Facebook and keep an eye on what's new. That's Lulubert, 720 58th Street in beautiful downtown Kenosha. Lucci's Grandview Tavern is a place to go for your next night out. Located at 6929 39th Avenue. They are family owned and operated and are proud members of the Kenosha community. Lucci's Grandview opens at noon on the weekdays and 11 a.m. on weekends and offers up some delicious food to go along with your cold beer. Try a bowl of their famous chili or chicken noodle soup. Sure to warm you up on a chilly autumn day. Test your knowledge on Tuesday nights with trivia from 7 to 9. It's free to play. Or do you think you can sing? Get out on a Friday night and strut your stuff on karaoke night. That's Lucci's Grandview, located at the corner of 39th Avenue and 70th Street. We're back. We are back. Wow, we're K-Town Connects. Hey. And we are at Luigi's Pizza Kitchen, 7531 39th Avenue. We're here with Chris Allen, the director of the Kenosha History Center. We're having a great time. Some great conversation, huh, Jason? Yeah, it's cool. Cool. This is so fun. I'm a history major, too, so... All right, Chris, you ready for the lightning round questions? This uh, is, we'll see. This we have a name, we, huh? Yeah, we're, go, we're going with the lightning round. Do you yeah. like that? I like it. Yeah, it's catchy. Okay, all right. Did you take that from someone? or? I think it was just... Totally like, original. It's okay. never been used before yeah, never, in the never. history of the well, world. We had like random fire questions, rapid fire questions, normal questions just to get to know you. But we're, we're going with lightning round. Lightning. I like it. So it's going to be fast, huh? No. No, no. <laughs> Slow rain questions. All right, Chris, what is your favorite park in Kenosha? Oh, it's got to be Simmons Island Park. It's oh, it's yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. What is your favorite historical moment in Kenosha? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough question. Well, I, I mean, it's not I, a lightning question. I know. But let's dig deep. Let's get the know. Favorite historical moment. I will say, and just because I have a personal connection to it, when Carthage moved to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Mm, okay. Because without Kenosha, without Carthage in Kenosha, I probably wouldn't be here. So mm-hmm. for me, it's it's Carthage moving here in 1960, 1962. Jason? Hmm, that sounds right. Okay. No, it's 1962. How do it I is know this? No, I don't know. I'm just trying to be smarter than the, the history buffs. Yeah. But, but no, there, there's there's a lot of neat stuff in Kenosha history. That's, that's a tough one. Well, you know, sometimes I come up with some tough ones, wow. I guess. What can I say? Day trip, you're going to Milwaukee or Chicago? Milwaukee. Yeah. Why is that? It's easy to get there. It's accessible. Uh, I grew up just south of New York City. It's the anti-New York City. <laughs> um, so I, I can go there. I don't have to, to spend a ton of money. I can enjoy it. It's got a nice vibe. Yeah, I like the Milwaukee vibe better as well. Yeah, lots of breweries. Yes, yes. I guess Chicago has that now too. But yeah. Yeah. Favorite car of all time? Favorite car of all time? I will say a Pacer. Ooh, I love, yeah. I love and, and to get specific, I go a 1976 State Farm Pacer. Um, the, in 76, they, they made 13 State Farm Pacers completed with the logo, red, white, and blue for the Bicentennial. <laughs> uh, we had one in the museum a couple of years ago. I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, just really neat car. I'm a big fan of the Gremlin. Gremlins are neat, yeah, too. Yeah, I kind of like yeah. those. What is that one that you have at the History Center? Was it set up like camping? Can... Yeah, so that's that's the Gremlin Voyager. Yes. They only made one. It's a prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a Grem bin in the back. It pulls out. It's um, It was supposed to be kind of a special for an outdoorsman. Uh, you could sleep two people side by side in the back. Oh, cool. Um, really, really neat car. You and your wife ever spend the night there? 
We in the never have. In the back no. of the car? No? no. I can honestly say we okay. never spent the night there. Is that the one that's been removed from the History Center right now? Yeah, for, yeah, we uh, took it out. Um, for safekeeping? Yeah, for safe, safekeepings and, and really just kind of switching over uh, the car display. Each year we do a different car display inside the Rambler Gallery. Okay. Um, so it was time to go, and, and we're kind of planning our next big exhibit down there. Favorite pizza place in Kenosha? Well, again, that's a, a tough one. I came from the land of pizza, New Jersey, and I always search. This is for, the land of pizza. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for saying that, I think. I think you are. Um, right? I, I go for places that cut their pizza like a pizza pie. Oh. So pie slice. So um, like Domino's? Not like that. More like Vallejo's. Vallejo's does that. Okay. Um, Vallejo's a big fan of the show. Yeah, and I like Kaiser's too. Kaiser's is, is really good pizza. See, That's I think small. thin crust, squares, thick crust, pot. Okay. All right. You know, and I, I've adjusted over time, and I, I eat the outside ones because I like the crust better. Yeah. And my wife likes <laughs> the inside ones. So it works out that way. Perfect. Um, but, it's, but yeah, it's just kind of odd. <laughs> the first time I saw it, it's, what are you doing to this pizza? <laughs> Ranch with your pizza? No. <laughs> no? God. No. Only one person so far on the podcast that is, likes that. Oh, okay. Shout out to Sam at To and From Gift Shop. Okay. Located in beautiful downtown Kenosha. All right. When events are happening in Kenosha, besides your own great events that you do at the History Center, what is your favorite event that takes place? Uh, I like going out to the Kenosha County Fair. Oh, um, something fun. nostalgic about that and yeah. just walking through fairgrounds, seeing the demo derby and some anything of that on a stick, fried yeah. on a stick. Anything fried on a stick. <laughs> the cows and some 80s metal band. <laughs> That's and... right. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite band or musician of all time? Uh, you know, it depends on the mood I'm in that day. Uh, but I like I find myself turning into t- talking heads yeah. a lot. Hmm. I like talking heads. Great bands. Mm-hmm. Here we go. A few more here. Are you ready? Favorite TV show of all time? Go. Sports Center. Oh. <laughs> What's your most used emoji? Smiley face. Oh. Yeah. What is the what is your favorite thing about your career? My favorite thing about my career is each day is a little bit different. There's different challenges that come along. I get to use, I guess, different parts of my brain and, and different parts of my expertise. Some days I'm creative. Sometimes it's it's dealing with you know books and um, numbers and finances and but but each day um, a little bit different. I think I like that. Uh, it gives a nice spice of life, a little variety. Hmm. What's your go-to karaoke song? Hmm. Go-to karaoke song. I can't remember the last <laughs> time I sung karaoke, but let's go with. I, I don't actually. I've probably only sung karaoke once or twice what song, in my what life. Song I don't, what song I don't was have it? a go-to. Oh, you're you're, too, you're um, too drunk. Couldn't remember. Because <laughs> that's the only way people really do. Got to be a Michael right? Jackson song. Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Did you give us good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's, there's a there's a Hit sound the high note. <laughs> <laughs> Soda or pop? It's soda. Okay. Good man. All right. Last one. Big star or the spot. You know, in college, I lived a block away from Big Star, so it has to be Big Star. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I, I like them both equally. Whoever buys a sponsorship from us, that's, yeah. that'll yeah, be my favorite go. one, right? I haven't had the spot in so long, though. I, somebody posted a picture of man, it looked good. You know, the other thing is I drive past Big Star on my way to work and ooh. from work each day, so it's the smell of those grilled onions yeah, ooh, just yeah. draws you in. All right, what time is it now? I think it's time for Trivia. Ready for our trivia, Chris? Sure. Okay. I'll try my best. Well, I had trouble trying to th- I have to think of something for to do with you guys. And I try to have it kind of related to the guest. 
And I was going to do like street names, like the old street names. Well, no, I can't do that. I was going to give Dying the easiest ones. Even still, you would probably mop the floor with them. <laughs> because as everyone knows, in like the mid-1920s, they changed the names from street names like Racine has to the numerical system. Yep. Uh, so I was going to do that. And I was looking at Kenosha trivia. I was going to ask questions like, when was the year that the Kenosha Kingfish won the championship, Donnie? 2016. You're right. I do five questions for each of you, so I think of ten questions. So... For this episode of Trivia, we'll be talking about the history of one of my favorite famous Kenoshans, Al Molinaro. Okay. Ooh. You guys know Al? From Happy Days? In that yeah. Weezer video? He was born in Kenosha in 1919, raised in the Columbus Park neighborhood. His father was a prominent business owner and leader of the Kenosha Italian community. Hmm. You know a lot of history about Al Molinaro? I know a thing or two. Yeah. I, know I know nothing. <laughs> he's, he's best known for his roles as Al in the sitcom Happy Days. But he has appeared in numerous other TV shows. I will give you a classic TV show, and you must tell me Al or no Al, meaning if Al Molinaro ever appeared in the show. For tasting more, it's encore. Oh, you got the tiebreaker. Oh, that's the only reason I know. All right, Donnie, we're going to start with you. Al or no Al? The Get Smart TV series. No Al. That is incorrect. (sighs) Al was in two episodes. All right, Chris. The Odd Couple TV series. Al. You're right. He appeared in 73 episodes. Wow. He was... um, The Butcher? Murray. I think his name was. Murray the Cop. Chris is up. One nothing. Donnie? Green Acres. Al, no Al. No Al. Sorry, it's wrong. (laughs) He was in three episodes. Okay. All right. Chris, Bewitched. (laughs) Al or no Al? No Al. Sorry, he was in one episode in 1971. Guest star appearance. One nothing. I missed that episode. (laughs) Donnie, step by step. Oh, I love that show. Al or no Al? Al. You are right. Oh, Tied up one say? nothing. He was in one episode in 1992. Hmm. Chris. Do you remember when Belky entered that show late in its run? I do not. Oh. You? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I won't get into my step-by-step <laughs> fandom right now. I was not watching TV when step-by-step was mm-hmm. out. I was in my 20s drinking at the bars. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're older than yeah. me. <laughs> okay, Chris, number three. See if you can take the lead here. The Carol Burnett Show. Al or no Al? I'm going to go with Al. Sorry. Ooh, no I Al. I would have went Al. No Al in the Carol Burnett. Donnie, see if you can take the lead here. Barney Miller. Al or no Al? Al. No. Ooh. No Al. All right, Chris, here we go. The Love Boat. Al or no Al? Al. Yes, everybody was on the Love Boat. Yeah. Right. True, true. <laughs> so 2 1, Chris takes the lead. Mm. Here we go, number five. Final question for each of you. Okay. Donnie? Mm-hmm. Fantasy Island. Al, no Al. I'm going to say Al. You are right. Wow. Wow. He was in two episodes of two different characters. Well, his acting skills and his reach. Wow. Okay. Chris, you got to tie it up here. Joni loves Chachi. Al or no Al? Hmm. I'm going to go Al. You are right. Oh, Definitely all right. <laughs> oh, so we got a tiebreaker. Well, the, the, All right. Uh, Chris, you get the tiebreaker question. Al appeared in 42 commercials for this frozen dinner food line. Banquet. No. Oh. For tasting more, it's encore. <laughs> yes. Yes. Donnie, you Only win. my second victory ever out of... I should have picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, he was great in that Weezer video for uh, Buddy Holly. You remember that? 
where they did the Happy Days theme video. He mentions Kenosha in that. Yeah. Because he gives Kenosha a shout out. He yeah. says he says the band is from Kenosha, from, yeah, Wisconsin. Weezer. So everybody that back then thought Weezer, Weezer was, from, was Kenosha. from Kenosha. Yeah, that was super weird. Then it, you get any phone calls like that? We do get asked that. It's kind of an odd, we get we get some really odd questions, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, we could get more into that, but we are out of time today. Well, I, I did win the Luprini's bottle of water, you, but you I did. will give it to Chris for being such a great guest today on the K-Town Connects podcast. What a guy. So Chris Allen is the director at the Kenosha History Center, which is located at 220 51st Place, right down on Simmons Island, kind of by the Yacht Club. Okay. Chris, you guys are shut down. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, people can g- give us a call, uh, 262-654-5770. You can follow us on Facebook, Kenosha History Center, or find us on the website, kenoshahistorycenter.org. All right. Ooh, Very nice. Tied it up there. Keep up the great work on Facebook, and I really look forward to when you guys finally get to reopen after all the craziness is over with. Yeah, we're busy collecting this history, and, and we'll be here um, nice and strong when we're able to do so again. You know, there's a nice bit of history you might want to add to the History Center. This podcast, once it's out... I mean, this is historic, <laughs> right? This is a historic podcast. Yeah. Well, and, on that note, yeah. uh, let's uh, give a thanks to Lulu Birds, ah, yes. Lucci's Grand View, To and From Gift Shop, and Frank Steiner, and, of course, Luigi's Pizza Kitchen. Yes, thank you very much to all those guys. And, Jason, what are we doing here? We're learning about Kenosha history. We're connecting ah, Kenosha. Connecting Kenosha. Yeah, I always get that wrong. Oh, you'll get it. I'll pick it up eventually, right? <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm from Kenosha. I say Kenosha, that great big busy town. Right in the middle of the USA, between the New York Harbor and the San Francisco Bay. I'm from Kenosha. Sure, may. Al, this encore lasagna isn't going to fly. There's too much food here for one flight attendant. I can't finish all this rich, meaty lasagna by myself. Whoa, cool your jets. Encore's a two-pound family-size entree. But my family is a thousand miles away. No problem. I'll drop in with my crew at six tonight. Al! Whoa, where's the fire, Chief? About this encore. We'll be there at seven tomorrow. For tasting more, it's encore.